So today we start a new series. It's the You Asked For It series. And you know, uh, back in the season of Lent, we, we, asked you to, we asked you the question, if you would like to hear a sermon on any topic or theme, what would it be? And so a lot of you responded. And so um, we've taken the, the, the top responses and uh, we've come up with a five-week sermon series. And so the, the sermons that we're preaching, uh, starting today, is, is forgiveness. Um, next week, uh, Terry Bevel will be preaching on unanswered prayer. And then on June the 18th, um, the highest vote-getter was evil and the problem of evil. So we're going to tackle that one. Um, uh, June the 25th, I'm a little nervous about this one. Creation, evolution, We've wondered about the, these powerful telescopes that are making such discoveries out in space. So we're going to go there on the 25th. And then um, on July the 2nd, uh, a lot of you asked us, well, why do we always just do sermon series? Uh, why not preach a sermon from the lectionary? Um, some of you even asked for a series, uh, a series uh, based on the lectionary. Um, and so we're going to do that on July the 2nd. We'll take one of the lectionary texts for that day um, and, and end it on July the 2nd. So, here we are. Here we go. Uh, you asked for it. Uh, one of you uh, asked uh, for us to preach a sermon on Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Um, that's our text for today. Uh, another, you, another of you said, I, I would like for you to, to preach a sermon on the ministry of reconciliation um, according to the Apostle Paul. And then someone said, how can I forgive friends and people that I respect who have decided to sever the connection with our connectional denomination? So in our text for today, Peter approaches Jesus and he says, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? as many as seven times? And Jesus responds, not seven times, but 77 times. So you'll notice that Peter says, how do I respond? How often do I forgive when someone sins against me? That's the context. Now, biblical scholars have wrestled with Jesus' response. What does this 77 times mean? There's a footnote that says it can also be uh, translated 70 times 7, which is obviously a, a big number. Um, endless kind of, of number is maybe what Jesus means. But, but scholars think it's probably an allusion to Genesis chapter 24. In Genesis chapter, excuse me, Genesis chapter 4, verse 24, um, at the beginning of the Bible, um, we meet uh, Lamech. Uh, Lamech was the great, great, great grandson of Cain, who was the one who killed his brother Abel. Now, in verse 24, Lamech is boasting to his wives uh, that he has killed a young man who has wounded him. He has, he has killed this guy for, for striking him. And, and his his comment that he says is, if Cain was avenged sevenfold, then he will avenge himself seventy-sevenfold on anyone 
who dares to attack him. And so maybe what Jesus is saying is that forgiveness is the opposite of revenge. And of course he's not saying that on the 78th time Peter can clobber the guy. And what he's saying is, is that Lamech had it wrong. God's way is not the way of revenge. Uh, it's the way of forgiveness. And that's the way that leads to life. But you know, uh, sometimes forgiveness seems like an impossible outcome. Well, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of you have experienced such deep pain. Uh, the, the pain is too deep. The harm is too great. I don't see how it's even possible. And, and I think sometimes the problem is, is I don't want to forgive you because I resent you. And, and sometimes my anger, uh, it burns so hot that this hatred begins smoldering deep within me. Frederick Buechner, um, he, he is writing about the seven deadly sins. And listen to what he says. Of all the deadly sins, resentment appears to be the most fun. To lick your wounds and savor the pain that you'll give back is in many ways a feast fit for a king. But then it turns out that what you are eating at the banquet of bitterness is your own heart. The skeleton at the feast is you. You start holding a grudge, but in the end, the grudge holds you. Now, one thing that I noticed about this is, is the me focus. You know, it's like Peter approaches Jesus and it's like if someone sins against me, what is my response to be? And, and even the question that, that you asked, how can I forgive, how can I forgive someone who is blowing up my denomination and, and ruining everything that I hold dear? You know, so I think that, that me is a good place for us to start. So before I begin thinking about them, that I spend some time focusing on me. Now, I, I know I, I share a lot about a, a, a prayer app that, that I use often in my prayer life. It's PrayAsYouGo.org. And every Saturday on PrayAsYouGo.org, which is a, a Jesuit uh, prayer site, they do the Saturday Examine. Now, the prayer of Examine is uh, it's a famous prayer discipline um, that was established by St. Ignatius of Loyola. And, and essentially the idea is that at the end of each day, uh, you, you find a quiet place to be alone and you examine your life for that day. And so to apply that to a, a, a situation or a season really in, in our lives when harm has been done, anger is present, um, relationships are broken, um, severed, divided, um, when forgiveness needs to happen, that I get to a place where I can look at my own life. And in this, in this 
prayer of examine, you, you begin by praying a prayer of thanksgiving and just allowing uh, in the quiet space all of the things that you're grateful for. So in this prayer of gratitude, all of the things that you're grateful for, big things and small things, just allow them to float to the surface and so that you become aware of all the ways that, that God has blessed you. And then you ask for the Holy Spirit to come uh, so that the Holy Spirit is, is holding you close because a lot of times the, the prayer of examine, this really, this um, you know, self-examination, it can be hard. And you ask the Holy Spirit to, to show you, whether it's this particular day or this particular season or um, more pertinent to this conversation we're having, um, what is my role in this problem that I'm experiencing, in this relationship that is broken? Uh, God, send your Holy Spirit uh, so that you can reveal to me where I have failed. And oftentimes, um, in these moments, uh, God is faithful to reveal to us this is what's going on in my heart. And if sin is involved, um, then uh, I, I confess that sin. Or uh, maybe it's not a sin, maybe it's a mistake, um, but it's also God shows me where I have caused harm unintentionally. I have wounded you, I have hurt you, uh, and I didn't mean to. But God helps me to have eyes that, that can see that. You know. And then you end the prayer of examine with this prayer of imagining tomorrow. And, and in this case, imagining what's it going to be like uh, when I have this conversation with you, um, when, when we're dealing um, with, with this thing. So uh, what happens um, during this prayer of examine is, is I become um, painfully aware of my predicament. So uh, Psalm 103, there's actually a, a, a song about it. <laughs> Psalm 103, um, the psalmist writes this song. Um, Bless the Lord who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And so I, I realize that because of my iniquity, I need forgiveness. Uh, because of my disease, I need healing. Uh, because my life is in the pit, I need redemption. And you know, a lot of times, from my vantage point, at, at this place of awareness, I'm just like, there's no way, God for con there's no way that God can forgive me. Like, not for that. And then God does, because that's who God is. And so, when I begin to think about them, those who have wounded me and hurt me, those who are the object of my resentment and even anger, I approach them fully aware of who I am and who God is fully aware that I am completely forgiven. You know, whenever I begin to think about them, the person who has harmed me, or who has done something to anger me, to cause our relationship to, to be strained or even broken, 
I always try to begin by assuming the best about, about them. You know, try to, to understand their motive, uh, what's causing them to behave the way that they're behaving or to say the things that, that they've said to me. That's usually helpful. You know, when, when Jesus is asked by Peter, um, when a brother or sister sins against me, how many times do I need to forgive them? That's at the end of um, this, this section on reconciliation in Matthew chapter 18. Um, you know, Jesus uh, is, is talking to them and, and he says, uh, if another member of the church sins against you, um, go to them, like just the two of you, and listening is at the heart of it. And if the conversation isn't fruitful, if either party is not able to listen to the other, then Jesus says, bring a couple of others along with you. So that now it's a, it's a smaller group. And you have that conversation. And you listen to one another. And then if that really bears no fruit, uh, then Jesus says, you come together as a congregation. It, it becomes a larger conversation that you... Uh, share with each other and you listen to each other. It's a listening with love thing. Now Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians um, about a ministry of reconciliation. I, I just want to, to read that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 he says, So anyone, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So when I begin to think about our current predicament and your question, but how can I forgive? I remember this really responsibility that Paul says God gives to us, the church, this ministry of reconciliation. What is it that I am going to do to make reconciliation happen? And it's uh, not always that easy. So, in this book, a Precocious Autobiography, uh, Yegevni Yeslushenko uh, tells this story. Um, it's Moscow, 1941, and the day had come when 20,000 uh, German army prisoners were to be marched through the street in, in front of this population who had borne the burden of their cruelty. Um, on the pavement, crowded that day, with, with mostly women and children, those who had experienced terrible suffering. Most of their men were dead. Almost everyone had lost a husband, a son. Many had lost mothers, sisters, daughters. Because of this army, these people who were going to march down this street. So you can imagine something of the, the atmosphere of that day. Uh, and at last, they were going to see their hated enemy. So they were, they were angry mutterings and, and shouts of hate as uh, the first of this army marched before them. 
uh, it was the, the, the generals and, and the leaders. Uh, and they, even though they were defeated, uh, they were still arrogant and, and strutted and uh, the people uh, yelled at them and, and spat in the snow. And that's when they came, the soldiers. And they were just boys, really. Uh, they were shuffling through the snow. Uh, they had newspapers wrapped on their, their frostbitten feet. Many of them were on makeshift crutches. Others were being led blind uh, by their, their mates. Um, it was the, the shuffling of a defeated army of broken young boys. And then there was a sudden movement, a commotion. A woman, it was an old babushka, uh, she, she pushed herself through the crowd and, and she made her way to the Russian soldiers who were, who were guarding the, uh, the pavement and keeping people off. And, and she said, let me through. Then this bent old woman rushed across to one of the, the gaunt German, German prisoners and everybody held their breath. Like, what was she going to do? Was she going to slap him? Uh, was she going to spit on him? And she reached into her shawl and she took out a piece of black bread, which then she pushed awkwardly into the pocket of this soldier so exhausted that he was tottering on his feet. And then all of a sudden, from every direction, women began to hand over uh, perhaps a cigarette, uh, perhaps uh, a piece of bread, uh, and somehow the hatred was gone. Enemies had ceased to be enemies. And why? Uh, because one person, such an ordinary person, intervened into that cycle of hate and hurt and revenge with a simple act of pardoning love. Lewis Smedes, uh, there's, there's a, a quote from Lewis Smedes that I think is pretty awesome. He says, when you forgive someone, you are dancing to the rhythm of the divine heartbeat. God invented forgiveness as the only way to keep his romance with the human race alive. My prayer for us, as we come to this table of forgiveness, is that we can keep the fire going. And not a fire that smolders with hatred, but a fire that burns with love. Amen. On the night that Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and, and eat this and eat it in remembrance of me. This is my body which is broken for you. And then when the supper was over, he took the cup and he says, this is the blood, my blood, of the new covenant. Drink this as often as you can in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of Jesus, uh, we remember these gifts and we remember the mystery of faith 
that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And as we approach this table, we pray a prayer of confession. We pray a prayer of blessing. Let us pray together. Oh God, we confess to you now in this moment that we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not loved you. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not reached out to the needy as you have called us to. We have not been faithful stewards of your creation. We have not loved each other. We have held on to our resentment and our revenge. We have broken things that we should not have broken. Oh God, we are in the midst of that brokenness as your United Methodist Church. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. Make us one with you and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. And we ask these things in Jesus' name who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ given for you. Amen.